We're wrapping up a series called Tired, and I want to talk to you about power to change. Power to change. Throughout this series, we've talked about how we need to dream bigger because God has more for us in our life. He has more for us with our marriage. He has more for us with our kids. He has more with our career. He has more with our finances. He has more with the most important thing, our faith, and we need to dream bigger. But, but many people never accomplish God's dream for their life because they sabotage their dream with self-destructive behavior, with, with sin, with bad habits, with laziness, with low self-esteem, with stinking thinking. And, and the only way that we can reach our dream is by allowing God to change our lives, to change the self-destructive behavior, to, set, to change the old habits, the bad patterns, the, the sin that's in our life. And, and listen, we, we have to have a change, but not just change, a lasting change, a long-haul change. And as you well know, lasting change can be difficult. I was talking to a personal trainer who attends our church, and I realize that January is a very busy month for gyms all around America. So I just asked him, I said, when does the gym start to slow down a little bit from all the people making New Year's resolutions? And he said, you know, usually around spring break time, Pastor, the gym starts to slow down some from all the people who made New Year's resolutions. In other words, they went for a month or two, and about two months or so into it, they quit going uh, consistently. And, and, and that happens to a lot of people in their life. A lot of people start making changes in their life. They say, well, you know, I'm going to change this about my marriage, or I'm going to change this about my parenting, or I'm going to change this about my attitude, or, or my anger, or a, a sin issue that I'm, I'm, going, to ch- I'm going to change, or, or maybe the way that I'm handling my finances, or maybe my, my relationship with God, my faith, I've got to make some changes. And a lot of people start making changes, and they make changes for 30, 60 days. But about 60 days into it, a lot of people end back up at the same old place they were before, doing the same old routine. Routine, the same old patterns, the same old bad habits. They don't have lasting change. And what we need if we're going to fulfill our God-given potential, if we're going to reach our God-given goals and dreams, we have to have lasting change. So what I want to do today is give you three keys. Three keys to lasting change. Number one is this, a change of heart. We need a change of heart. A major key to lasting change is having a change of heart. Please understand that lasting change doesn't begin as an outside job. It always begins as an inside job. It begins with a change of desires. It begins with a change of motivation. Lasting change has a much higher success rate if your motivation is not, I have to change, but I want to change. And the key is experiencing a heart change by the power of the Holy Spirit. I've got good news for you today. You don't have to make changes all by yourself. If you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the Bible says when you gave your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit came to live inside of you and the Holy Spirit is an expert 
at heart change. I want us to look just a little bit more at the, at the person of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about having a heart change, a change of desires, a change of motivation for lasting change. The Bible says in John chapter 14, picking up in verse 16, it says, And I, this is Jesus talking, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor. This is Jesus talking before he had risen and went to heaven, before he died on the cross, rose again on the third day, and was, at, sit, was sitting at the right hand of the Father. And when this was happened, when Jesus was at the right hand of the Father, the Holy Spirit was sent to the earth. Well, this had not happened yet. Jesus was not at the right hand of the Father. He's talking to his disciples, and he says, listen, another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. He says the world cannot accept him. Isn't that true? Sounds crazy, doesn't it? If you are in the world, you're not living for Jesus, you don't know the Lord, the Holy Spirit's not inside of you, you're like, what? A holy who is living where and doing what? I mean, it sounds crazy, but listen, listen, he goes, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. If you're a Christian, you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. And I can tell you, I, I know the Holy Spirit's real. He's living in me. He's changed me. I have a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit, and many of you do as well. Some of you watching online as well, you know the Holy Spirit is real. He is living in you. Verse 18 says, I will not leave you as orphans. That's good news. Jesus said, listen, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to leave you down here to live for me all by yourself. I'm not leaving you here to make changes all by yourself. I'm sending back the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on to say, I will come too. I'm going to come back for you one day. But until then, I've set the person of the Holy Spirit. He goes on to say in verse number 26, encourage you to read John chapter 14 through John chapter 16, 17, and just learn more about the person of the Holy Spirit. It says this in verse 26, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, will teach you all things. The Holy Spirit will teach you how to live holy. The Holy Spirit will teach you how to live victorious. The Holy Spirit will teach you how to change. He will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. One of the Holy Spirit's jobs is to bring back to our remembrance the word of God, how we should honor him, how we should live for him. He says, listen, he'll teach you all things. He goes on to say in John 16, verse number six, but I tell you the truth. It is good that I am going away. Jesus said, listen, I'm going to go away. I'm going to die on the cross. I'm going to get up on the third day. And then I'm going to get seated at the right hand of the Father. I'm going away. And you're sad. Why is Jesus sleeping? Man, Jesus, we want you here. We won't be able to talk to you every day. No, no, no. It's good that I'm going away. Why? Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict. Everybody shout convict. Oh, come on. You didn't shout, shout convict. Now, I want you to catch this. This is one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to convict, not not to condemn, but to convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. The Holy Spirit convicts us. There are some things that used to not bother me years ago that bothered me today that convicted me. There's some things, ways I used to live that I don't live anymore. I'm convicted by those ways because the Holy Spirit's job is to convict us of sin He goes on to say in John 16, verse 13, Jesus says, but when he, the spirit of truth, I want you to notice this. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, not not of falseness, not not of lies. He only speaks truth and leads us in truth. The Bible says he's the spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth. Since he's the spirit of truth, he's going to guide you into all truth. He's going to lead you 
into all truth. He's going to push you into all truth. He's going to nudge, nudge you into all truth. Some of you sense that throughout this series as we're talking about we're tired of where we are. We're tired of our life. We're tired of our, uh, where our marriage is. We're tired of our, our relationship with our kids and where it's at. We're tired of where our faith is. And the Holy Spirit is pushing you, nudging you, leading you, guiding you into all truth. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 10, godly sorrow brings repentance. Or that word would be change. Matter of fact, this whole series has been about repentance. I've just used the word change. Godly sorrow brings repentance, brings change that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. So important you catch this. There's a difference between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. There's a difference between how the Holy Spirit works in our lives and, and how Satan works in our lives. You see, Satan condemns with generalities to destroy us. But the Holy Spirit convicts with specifics to change us. You see, Satan condemns with generalities because he didn't want us to change. But the Holy Spirit convicts us with specifics because he's all about us changing and our lives being transformed so that we can accomplish God's purpose and dream for our life. See, here's how Satan works. He condemns with generalities. Satan will say something like this to you. You're a horrible husband. You're, I can't even believe you got married. You're just horrible. You might as well just leave. You're never going to be able to do this marriage thing. You're horrible. And he condemns with generalities. But the Holy Spirit convicts with specifics. And he'll whisper to your heart, would you go to your wife and apologize? You shouldn't have said that. Come on, I've got more for your marriage. You can't continue to talk that way. Come on, God, I, I want to bless your marriage. Your marriage is not what I want it to be right now. Would, would you go, just go say, I'm sorry and make things right. And he convicts with specifics. The, 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 the Satan, he condemns with generalities. The Satan will say something like this to you. You're a horrible Christian. I can't even believe you call yourself a Christian. You hadn't prayed in three days. Look at you talking about you. You know God. You don't know God. Barely pray. Barely read your Bible. Look at you. You're pathetic. But the Holy Spirit will whisper something like this to your heart. Specifics. Would you start setting some time in the side in the morning and spending with God? Would you set some time aside tomorrow morning at six and spend some time in prayer and get to know your heavenly father better? Would you spend some time reading the word? God has more for you, your relationship with him. He, he wants to draw you closer. He wants to do more in your life. Would you spend some time with your heavenly father? And he convicts you to change you. The, the, Holy Spirit, the, 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 the Holy Spirit convicts to change us. Satan, he condemns with generalities to condemn us and to destroy us. Satan will say something like this to you. Look at you having sex outside of marriage. I know what you did this last week. You're nasty. You're filthy. You're dirty. I can't even believe you're in church. What are you doing in church? To look at you, you hypocrite. What are you in church for today? You don't need to be going to church. Look at you, nasty person. But, but the Holy Spirit, he convicts with specifics and he'll whisper to your heart. Would you quit going out with him? Would you quit going out with her? Would you quit having sex outside of marriage? You're so valuable to me. 
I love you so much. I've got such a great plan for your life. Would you honor me with your body? Honor me. Honor me. Don't, 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 don't settle for second best. I've got a husband for, I got a wife for you. Don't you continue to settle for second. And he convicts us not to destroy us, but to change us. The, say, Satan will, will say something like this to you. You can't change. Pastor's been talking about change the last several weeks. You're not going to change. Would you please quit? Why even think you're going to change? Look at you wrote down a few things you're going to change. You know you're not going to change. You're a loser. Matter of fact, you said you were going to change the way you talk. And look at you. You failed this week. You're a failure. You're a loser. And he speaks to us in generalities to condemn us so that we won't change. But the Holy Spirit will whisper to your heart. Hey, 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 hey. You, you can change. You don't have to continue to talk that way. You have to continue to live that. Matter of fact, when you get to work tomorrow, don't cuss that person out again like you did yesterday. Stop that. Come on, be nice. Be kind. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. You're my rep representation. You, 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 I'm working and I'm flowing through you. you come on, don't, don't, don't continue to do that. You see, Satan hardens our heart with condemnation, but the Holy Spirit softens our heart with conviction. And the Holy Spirit, he's powerful and he will change your heart, open your life up to the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, some of you sense it. There's a changing going on in your heart. Some of the things that used to bother you, that didn't bother you, now they bother you. You used to not be convicted of this, now you are. The Holy Spirit is bringing about a heart change, not because you're going to live life because you have to, but because you want to. There's a second thing. There's a second thing. There's a second. We're talking about lasting change. How do we have a lasting change? Not changing for 30 days and 60 days, but lasting change. Number two is this, a change of mind. Not only does God give us the power of the Holy Spirit to change our hearts, but he gives us the power of his word to change our minds. You see, the word of God, the Bible is a powerful change agent. It says this in Hebrews chapter four and verse number 12. For the word of God is alive and powerful. Can I tell you, the Bible is not just any old book. It's alive. It's powerful. It's the anointed, inspired, infallible word of God. It says it is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Now, it says you think about the sharpest two-edged sword you could ever see. It's sharper than that sword. It's cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It, it, it cuts away and exposes our thoughts and changes our thoughts and changes our desires. The word of God is powerful. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. It's powerful. It's the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God is powerful. He goes on to say in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and the word of God. It renews our mind. It changes our stinking thinking. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. As you live life, we start developing worldly thought patterns. We start developing destructive thought patterns. And as we read God's word, it's powerful. And it changes those worldly thought patterns, those destructive thought patterns, so that our life can align with the word of God. And we can fulfill the dream and accomplish the dream that God has 
for our life. Let me give you an example of, 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 of maybe some, some worldly thinking, some worldly patterns that need to be destroyed. Romans chapter 6 and verse number 1 says this, what shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Yes! Having fun. That's worldly pattern thinking. That's how some of you think. You're saved, but you got stinking thinking. Come on, I'm talking to some of you online. You're saved, but you got stinking thinking. Shall we go on sinning? Absolutely, Pastor. I'm having a good time. No, 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 no. You got a worldly pattern of thinking. Verse 2 goes on to say this. By no man means we died to sin. We died to sin. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? I want you to hear what God's word says, that we have died to sin. Let me continue to read in Romans chapter 6, verse number 9. One more homework assignment. One more homework assignment. Would you spend some time this week reading and meditating on Romans chapter 6? I want you to get some, some, some thinking destroyed, your pattern of thinking destroyed. We're dead to sin, the Bible says. Romans 6, verse 9 says this. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die Again, death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, in the same way that Jesus defeated death and he rose again on the third day, death no longer has mastery over him. In the same way, you count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. You are dead to sin. The Bible says when we accept Jesus Christ as the Lord of our life, that we are dead to sin. And here's what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, Pastor, that's not how I would describe my relationship with sin. I wouldn't say that I'm dead to sin. I might use the word that I'm struggling with sin. <laughs> I've used the word that I'm forgiven of my sin. I've used the word that I'm cleansed of my sin, but I've never thought about my relationship with sin being I'm dead to sin and what you need is to have your mind renewed because god's word teaches listen if you're a christian you are dead to sin now now being dead to sin doesn't mean you can't or won't sin it means that sin no longer has power over you the power of sin has been broken don't miss this the power of sin has been broken in your life before you became a christian you had to sin it controlled you. Sin had power over you. It says it like this back in Romans chapter 6 and verse 17. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin. Can I tell you before you become a Christian, you're a slave to sin. I was a slave to sin. Matter of fact, when you're a slave to sin, you don't even know you're a slave to sin, but you're a slave to sin. I, when I was out there in the world, man, I was out there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I was out there. I was in it to win it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I didn't even know I was out having a good time, sowing my wild oats. But now that I'm free, I realize I was a slave. I was trapped in sin. It goes on to say this in, in Romans chapter 6 and, and, and verse, number, verse number 17. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. And I did. I wholeheartedly obeyed the teaching. I'm out here. I'm sowing my wild oats. I'm having fun. I'm just out here living a wild life. I'm just wholeheartedly living that kind of lifestyle. Verse 18 says, when you accept Christ, you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Listen to me. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have been set free from sin and you are dead 
to sin. You see, before salvation, every day you got up, you lived on a one-way street. Every day when you got up. When I got up before I knew Christ, I lived on a one-way street, a highway to sin. Got up, it was a one-way street. But when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, now you live on a two-way street. Now you can choose to go on the highway of sin every day. But you've been set free and you're dead to sin. You don't have to live that way any longer. I'm talking to somebody. You don't have to live that way. You don't have to go down that road anymore. It's not a one-way street. Now you're on a two-way street. Yes, you can choose the sin, but you can also choose the highway of righteousness to follow Jesus Christ. Because the power of sin has been broken in your life. And now you have a choice. When my wife and I got married in 1997... We, we, we moved into, it was probably about 16 kind of fourplexes and we moved into one of those fourplexes and, and our, our, our landlord, the owner of those plexes, he, he took a liking to me and he, he gave me and my wife a discount on our rent if I would just be the maintenance man around the 16 fourplexes or the, about 16 of them or so. And uh, everybody who knows me laughs at this story because... I'm not a maintenance man. My wife does all the hammering in our house. Amen. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, but, but I was the maintenance man and I kind of helped out and kept the grounds kind of clean, changed a few light bulbs, kind of discount on our, on our rent. And, and if the landlord ever showed up and knocked on our door and we were two months late on rent, now that never happened. My wife and I have always paid our bills on time. We've never been late, but let's say for, for, for illustration purposes, we were two months late on our rent and the owner came by and he knocked on our door and I said, Tiff, Turn on the TV. I looked at the people. It's the owner. He wants his rent money. Shh, be quiet. Shh. Turn the TV out. Quiet. And he knocks again. I know you're in there. Give me my money. Hurry to open that door. And I don't open. Well, guess what? I don't have to open. He just pulls out a key. <laughs> Opens the door. Get out of that bed. Give me my money. He owns it. It's his. He's got a key. About two years later, my wife and I bought our first home. And that same landlord that we lived in his place that first year or so, if he dropped by our new house, he could knock on the door, beat it down, knock for 20 minutes. He can't get in. We own this place. You don't have a key. Nanny, nanny, boo, boo. You can't get in. Now, if we want to, we can choose to open the door. Say, come on in, man, hang out with us. But he didn't have a key because he doesn't own that place. And that's what it's like with sin. You see, before you become a Christian, sin knocks on your door. <laughs> and you can, you, you, you can just sit there and scream out the door, but sin just opens the door up. It has a key. It has power. It comes on in, take control, runs your life, has you in bondage, has you a slave to sin. But when you give your life to Jesus Christ, sin no longer has power in your life. And it can stand outside the door and it can tempt you. It can knock at the door. But listen to me. You don't have to open the door. So many Christians open the door and invite sin to come on in. But I'm telling you, the power of sin has been broken in your life and you don't have to live that way anymore. Quit opening up the door. You live on a two-way street now. You can choose righteousness or you can choose sin, but sin no longer has power in your life. You are dead to sin. I want this to get in your heart. Everybody shout, I'm dead to sin. 
Come on, you didn't shout it. Shout, I'm dead to sin. Come on, one more time. I'm dead to sin. You can live a life of victory. You can change. You are dead to sin. You live on a two-way street. Choose righteousness. There's a third thing that I want you to see, a change of heart, a change of mind. Number three is a change of actions. You see, the power of the Holy Spirit changes our heart. The power of the word of God changes our mind. And now because of the power of the word and the power of the Holy Spirit, we have the power to change our actions for the long haul. Here's how Romans says it back in Romans chapter six and verse number 11. It says in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin, because you're dead to sin, and now you're alive to God, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies, or mortal bodies, so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the part, you have a choice. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been bought brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. I want you to catch this. The Bible says we're dead to sin and alive to God. So, so offer your bodies as instruments of righteousness. Now, 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 now we need to know this. We need to know we're dead to sin. You have to know that you're dead to sin. You're dead to sin. You're dead. It has no longer has power over your life, but you don't stop there. Don't stop by just saying I'm dead to sin. Now you're alive to God and now offer your bodies as slaves of righteousness. Don't just live with I'm dead to sin. Now offer your bodies as slave to righteousness. Let, let me illustrate this for you so that we can drive this point home because we're looking for lasting change, not temporary change, not a month long change, but lasting change. Now in my hand right here, I hold a donut and this is fresh donut chocolate on top my wife would love she loves chocolate and I tell you this donut only thing that's lacking it needs to be warmed up in the microwave in a glass of milk which donuts is good now now this donut here we're going to say it represents sin it represents things that we need to change in our life and you can look at this donut and you can say this I'm dead to you I'm dead to you I'm dead to you. But if you wait five hours, you're going to be real hungry. And you can say, I'm dead to you. I'm dead to you. But you start to think in your heart, oh, but I'm alive. You're looking mighty good. So the Bible says, yes, 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 yes. Understand, you're dead. You're dead to sin. You're dead to that. But don't live there. Now you're alive to God. And now offer your body as a slave of righteousness. So, so now what I got in my hand is an apple. As apple represents the change that we need to make in our life. So you don't just say I'm dead to sin, I'm dead to sin. You need to know that, you need to say that, but now you need to turn and offer your bodies as slaves of righteousness. So maybe it's with your anger. And you get to work tomorrow and your person is on your last nerve and you're about ready to tell them off. You just look, I'm about ready to get you on my nerve. I'm dead to that. I'm dead to that. I'm dead to that. I'm not going to fly off the hand. I'm dead to that. And now you offer your body to slave to righteousness. I'm alive to this. I'm alive. I'm a, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. A gentle answer turns away wrath. I'm alive to this. I'm alive to this. I don't have to, be, I don't have to do this anymore. You, you, you become alive to righteousness. You choose. You change your actions. Maybe it's with your marriage. 
And you're thinking, man, that Bubba, I'm sick of him right now. He's, I'm, 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 he better not touch me tonight. I'm sick. I'm about tired of him. You know, no, no, I'm dead to that. I'm dead to that. I'm, I'm dead to that. I'm alive to, I'm alive to this. I'm alive to what the word of God says. I'm alive to the change of the Holy Spirit. I'm alive. The Bible says to respect my, my husband. The Bible says to honor him. I, I know I'm alive to this. Maybe it's your wife and you're like, she's, I'm sick of her. I'm about ready to fly off the handle. I'm about, we're going to have a deep argue. I'm, I'm going to just let her know peace of my mind. I'm going to just argue, argue, argue. I'm going to rip her. No, 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 no. I'm dead to that. I, I've been doing, I'm dead to that. I'm dead to that. I'm alive to this. I'm alive. The Bible says he who finds a wife finds what is good and obtains favor from the Lord. The Bible says to love my wife like Christ loves the church. I'm alive to this. I'm alive. Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe it's with your kids and you're saying to your kids, you're about ready. They're on your nerve. You're about ready to call them an idiot or you're dumb. You're stupid. You're just like your daddy. You're just like your mommy. You're just like your grandpa. No, I'm dead to that. I'm dead to that. I'm dead to that. I'm I'm alive to righteousness. I don't have to live that way. I'm dead to that. I'm alive to righteousness. And and the Bible says that children are inheritance, uh, a heritage from the Lord. They're a blessing from the Lord. God gave me these kids. I'm alive to, I'm alive to righteousness. I'm alive to righteousness. Maybe it's with sexual sin and and you're engaging in sex outside of marriage or you're trapped in pornography or you're you're, you're engaging in in some adulterous uh, relationship. You say, I'm dead to that. I don't have to live this way. Sin has been broken in my life. I'm dead of that. I'm dead. And you, now you turn. He says, I'm alive to this. I'm alive to righteousness. The, the, the Bible says, flee from evil. Don't be sitting there looking at her. I'm dead to you in the backseat of the car. No. I'm alive to righteousness. You can't even get in my car no more. I'm alive to righteousness. I'm alive to righteousness. Flee from evil. Honor God with my body. All I'm saying is, listen, you've got a choice. The power of sin has been broken in your life. The Holy Spirit's working to change you. And you can change your actions. You're dead to sin. And you're alive to God because of what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross of Calvary. Sir, ma'am, you're not changing for a month. This series went about a month-long change. You're going to have lasting change. You're going to look back this time next year. And you're going to say, man, I've come a long ways. Lasting change.